incorporated in 1875, proclaimed as the City of Destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the City of Grid. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. I'm Justin. And there is no Scott, no Derek, no Jeff, because, well, Jeff's on an extended Jeff's Capade, and we just didn't really get an episode out. And for that, we apologize, but that doesn't mean we don't have new content for you. And thank you so much for listening. You can find us if you go to gridcitypodcast.com. You can listen live when we are live on our Discord. Go to gridcitypodcast.com, hit up our Discord, and then join the server because then you'll get an invite to the events and you can listen to us live and interact with us when we're live. Which is a lot of fun and a lot of some, a lot of things that uh, really you should do at this point in time. We're going to be putting out an episode that is really about summer and encapsulates summer. If you didn't really know that we have a sports guy, Jeff, Scott, and myself, and Brogan are not athletic types. We, we've done some things, and we're still going to be doing putt stuff. But, you know, a lot of the times we're not really necessarily the most athletic people. And we've had some very, very athletic people who done some who do some really cool stuff. And one of those people is our good friend Eric. Eric P. started off as a listener. And then we had him on because he has done stuff like the stadium run. He has done a lot of... Uh, he's got taken a lot of steps in helping us in terms of talking about Tacoma and Tacoma sports, stuff like the Tacoma Stars and so much more. If you go to our Discord, like I talked about, we have an entire page or an entire channel that's just called GCP Sports. And this is where you can, well, Grit City Sports, but this is where you can find stuff. He just recently posted the history of the Tacoma Rockets pro hockey team, which, if you didn't know, is a lot deeper than just the 90s. Um, but that was an Instagram slash TikTok done by our good friends over at Gritty City Tours. And so that was one. But he also posts stuff about the Seattle Tempest, who just recently played their championship game. Uh, just posting a lot of the different aspects. And if you go to the sports and you are a like-minded person on that aspect, you can get a lot of information from him. One of the other things we did uh, was we realized he w- we wanted him to be our sports correspondent. And so Eric was given the tools to record, and we gave him one of our little uh, little tiny recorders, and he went out there, and he has experienced some of those things. So that's going to be one of the aspects of today's episode is some of the activities that he's done, and I'll get into that and kind of, and set them up in a minute. Um, but then the other aspect of summer was that a year ago, as of the dropping of this episode... Actually, no, two years ago, we had on a great person 
to share her knowledge and love of tide pooling. Uh, this is Luann Roberts, which you can find on uh, Instagram at Luanimal, and then also on NatureLookings.com. Uh, we just we talked with her because she will go to tide pools and she'll take pictures of when they're in high tide and get her pic- her camera down there and like take pictures of sea slugs and all sorts of really cool stuff. And we discussed in this episode about like the Tacoma Marina and a lot of that and a lot of those things. I'm bringing this episode out right now because in these last couple of days of this recording, as this episode has dropped and I recorded this best of a little segment here, there is also a super massive low tide, like the lowest of low tides right now. And I don't know what the index means in terms of like negatives, but it's at like a negative three when it's usually at a zero. I don't know what that means, but it's a number and it's negative. So the tides are low. And if you ride on the ferries and you've got like a bigger car, you'll know this because they won't let you on them sometimes. I'll get into that story at some point in my life, but this is not the place for that. So what that means is you can go out there at super low tide and see really cool things like crabs and sea slugs and starfishes and all that other marine life. Uh, Just make sure you don't disturb them. You can look at them. Look, but don't touch that sort of thing. So uh, I thought that this would be a great episode. And actually, to be perfectly honest, Derek thought this was a really great uh, way to um, kind of incorporate summertime and the best ofs and all of that. So we're going to get with Luann Roberts real soon. But first, we're going to talk with Eric. And Eric went out there and he talked to people who are doing the cool things that are much more athletic than us. In this first interview clip, we have Eric talking with the founder of the Tacoma Run Club. Hey, this is Eric. We just finished up the Tacoma Run Club fifth anniversary run over at Point Rustin. And I'm over here with... Jared. And uh, you're one of the founders? Co-founder, yeah. yeah. Right, cool. How did the Tacoma Run Club get started? Uh, basically, I asked my brother-in-law to go for a run. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Quick backstory. I was working out and I wanted to run more uh, and not be on the treadmill. And so I started running on the street by myself. And I was like, "This is great." Uh, so I asked him. I said, "Hey, you want to go run with me sometime?" Um, and then yeah, we did that. And then he's branding. I did not. You're right. Um, yeah. So he just kind of branded it and ran with it and took it over. And I just come and support. All right. Here to support. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate having a group to motivate to come out run. That's how I was like, you know, instead of doing, yeah, like running on my treadmill today, I was like, I'll, I'll go down to, co- to Point Rustin yeah. and go for a run. Yeah, it's become way more of like the culture community support system than anything now. Uh, and running is just kind of the byproduct. Yeah. <laughs> Some people go run and then maybe they talk afterwards. We run and then like there's definitely talking afterwards. It's more of a no, she, she's had jobs, but my dad's So we do, uh, it's called Coaster Questions, or it started with people in a bar when they're drinking, just, they had a question, so they wrote it down on the back of a coaster. Oh, that's awesome. But now we 
through you know, electronics. Yeah, you have Discord now, like, so people can uh, put seven, questions seven, in the Discord. And I put out um, if anyone had any questions for you. Oh, wow, cool. As a, so let's see. What is the strangest thing you have seen while running that had nothing to do with the actual run? Oh, this is the best. Um, so, I... Gosh, yeah. what, what was his name? I'm spacing on his name right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically, my greatest, not fear, but my thing I'm aware of is dogs. Oh, yeah. Right? Loose dogs. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, after years of running, like, I had my first encounter last summer, and I was just running down the middle of a side street, and then... I just kind of look over and like on this decline grass of this guy's front yard there's like this black wolf looking German Shepherd canine thing (laughs) and he looks at me and I looked at him and he just came straight at me (laughs) and so uh, yeah I mean he got within feet of me and I just like as loud as I could I was just yay and I just yelled at him and like stopped him and he's just howling and growling and I'm just yelling at him as loud as possible and we did that and I'm like I'm challenging him so I'm walking him back a little bit and then uh, I'm like you know I I don't have my knife. I usually carry my knife, so of course it's the day I don't have my knife. And I'm like, I gotta strangle this dog. He's gonna bite the crap out of me. And um, yeah, out of left field comes this poor teenage girl, and she's like, Oh my gosh, whiskey! His name's Whiskey. Actually. So whiskey, uh, you know, whiskey, come here. And I'm like, Is this your dog? And she gets a little bit. We part ways, but I was gonna have to choke out a dog with my bare hands, oh, or he was gonna bite my face off. So. Uh. That had nothing to do with the run, and I didn't want that ever, but finally encountered it. Cool. So, another one from Derek. Uh, so, coming as a non-runner, how much, it, how much is it a personal goal knowing most participants aren't coming in first? Like, how is it like not being in a race? Like, what's the goal uh, if you're not in a race for running? Yeah. I would say it's just incremental. Like, if you have never run, and then you run, and you decide to time a mile, and it's like 14 or 15 minutes because you're just going really slow and barely jogging, then try to make it 30 seconds quicker the next time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just incremental, right? Because you can sit there and compare yourself to people all day long, but it's not realistic because they're different. You know, we had a guy here uh, who's gone on to other things now, but... I was like 6'4", 6'5", like 97 pounds, and he was like a gazelle, and the guy would just, that's all he did was run, and, you know, he's 22, you know, like, I'm going to be 39 this year, I'm 5'9", so like, my body's different than him, we're going to run different times, there's going to be different physical attributes, so everybody has physical attributes that are different, and so you can't really compare yourself to others, you can just compare yourself your metrics. So I usually just say like, they get incremental. Wherever you start, just inch the ball forward a little bit, and then keep doing that over and over. And as long as you see improvement over the course of time, you'll, you'll feel a lot better about yourself. Right, huh? Yeah. That's where I'm starting. And so, where can people find more about the Tacoma Running Club? Uh, so, Tacoma Run Club is on Facebook. At, I, think, I don't know if there's a Facebook group, but there's definitely like Facebook Tacoma Run Club. 
Um, and then Instagram, Tacoma Run Club. Uh, that's usually where most people have found us. That's what we've had for the longest. Um, and we don't even have a website, so it's just it's just social. Like we just created the socials, and that's all EJ. He runs that side, and then I just make content, put out reels and stories. So, or 7:30 a.m. every Sunday at Anthem Coffee. Oh, perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. And if you're interested in the Run Club, check out our Grit City Sports channel on our Discord. You can ask Eric there questions, or even if you just go to any part of our uh, thing right there. But if you're interested in running, we've got a whole Tacoma Run Club. So that's pretty cool, right? Now, next up on this list is one that I don't even understand, man. Like, you're riding your bike a lot, and I can't even explain it correctly, but I do know that Eric our massively athletic dude managed to tire himself out with this one. And this is him talking about the destiny city dozen after he did it. So, Oh my goodness. Here we go. What did we just do? And what's your name? Uh, my name is Zeb Bruiser. Uh, I just did the uh, Destiny City Dozen. It's a um, 40 mile bike ride through Tacoma, highlighting the 12 stu- uh, steepest, longest hills of Tacoma. Well, and why, why did you choose this ride? <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> I've been riding for a while. I actually wanted to do the ride last year, and timing was such that I was busy and I couldn't do it. Um, but this year, my girlfriend and I signed up for the STP, the Seattle to Portland bike ride. And so we've been doing plenty of group rides just to put more miles on and get more bike fit. And yeah, it just seemed like a fun, challenging painful thing to do, type two fun, kind of whatever experience. No, it, it definitely was. <laughs> well, are you going to do it again next year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if I'm, if I'm available, I'm, I'm going to do this again. And do you think this will be harder or easier than the STP? <laughs> this is a, uh, harder than the STP. I am not concerned about the STP at all. There's, it's a lot of time. The, the hardest part about the STP, I think, is just going to be fighting the boredom of riding on flat roads for that long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Do you have anything to plug? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Promote? <laughs> got no plugs uh, except for Second Cycles in Tacoma, a non-profit bike shop on uh, MLK and 12th Street in Washington. They're really cool. They put this event on. They do lots of other events. Um, and the only other plug is Ride Your Bike. Oh, yeah, I can't agree more. <laughs> awesome, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> All right, ready to go. So, where are we and what just happened? <laughs> so, uh, this is Christopher James. I'm on the board of Second Cycle, which is Tacoma's community bike shop. And uh, we're here celebrating the fifth Destiny Dozen bike ride, which is uh, a fundraiser for Second Cycle Bike Shop. Awesome. And how did the Destiny Dozen come to be? So the the heritage of this comes from Pittsburgh, where they had uh, a ride there that featured the toughest hills in Pittsburgh. 
some of which are at least as steep as those in Tacoma. <laughs> and uh, we heard about this, and this was the brainchild of Leon Nettles originally back in 2016. And uh, he thought this would be a really cool thing to do to kind of showcase the diversity of uh, Tacoma, um, all the different neighborhoods, uh, our hills, and uh, just have a fun time. Yeah, I definitely agree. You saw pretty much yeah, every side of Tacoma you can get. Nah, uh, what else? I think I didn't get any questions beforehand. I'm kind of freelancing, <laughs> but uh. Uh, uh, any big plans uh, for next year? Any changes or keeping on the tradition? Well, so we think this timing is perfect because it's mm-hmm. the first Sunday in May. It's mm-hmm. part of bike month. Um, so a lot of stuff is already happening. So people are thinking about bikes. That's also a really beautiful time in Tacoma. Everything's blooming. Uh, I mean, people you know, just going through Point Defiance Park and seeing the rhododendrons in bloom, going through people's neighborhoods and seeing all different kinds of flowers. And it doesn't snow in May usually, so <laughs> it's, it's like an okay time. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd like to really turn this into like the signature biking event uh, in Tacoma. Oh, yeah, and I, I definitely believe it can be and it should be. <laughs> Because, man, that's a great way to start off the year, <laughs> you know, kind of getting outside, like, and on a bike. <laughs> right. And if you if you have it the same time every year, it's predictable. People mm-hmm. put it in their calendars, and, um, you know, it's just, it kind of goes from there. So, um, you know, we're very excited about it, and uh, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been really fun. Um, we are, you know, it is a fundraiser for Second Cycle, and, uh, you know, that's something we like to grow as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. And where can people go to learn more about Destiny Dozen and Second Cycle? Uh, you can go to the Second Cycle website, which is secondcycle.org. The second is with the number two, so it's 2ndcycle.org, and uh, that will have everything about the shop as well as the Destiny Doesn't Ride. There's also, if people are interested in donating uh, to the uh, site, uh, you can do that. Uh, we have volunteer opportunities in the shop, uh, lead rides. And um, one of the things that people don't know about Second Cycle is we have a build-a-bike program here for people who rely on bicycle as their only means of transportation, which in Tacoma there's a number of those. So we have a program here for those people to have a safe and secure way to get to work. We also have a program with the Pierce County Juvenile Detention Center for kids that have minor offenses like you know, minor drug possession or shoplifting. As an alternative to going to jail or detention, they come here to do community service. Uh, so it's a really terrific program for the city uh, as well as for the, the people involved. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know about that one, that last part. Awesome. Thank you so much for putting this event on. I had a great time. I hope to come back next year once right. I'm, after uh, my legs aren't sore. I can be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. You're very welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> so there's Eric with the Tacoma Run Club and the Destiny City Dozen. I love the fact that he went out there and did it. So commend Eric. Kudos on all of that. We're going to get you out there on some more stuff, and we're going to make sure that we get it out a little bit more timely 
because the Run Club was uh, a little bit earlier this year, and so was the Destiny City Dozen. So we're going to try to get them up a little bit more frequently and a little bit sooner to the dates that they actually happen. But these are some of those activities that are Tacoma-centric, and those are the things that you can actually you know, be a part of. So if you don't know about them, a lot of the things that happen in Tacoma, especially on the sports side, Eric brings up. And he has even talked about registration for the 2023 Defiance 50K, 30K, and 15K Opens. This is actually, well, this happened uh, on June 4th. So uh, it actually opened on June 4th for the registration, but it happens on Saturday, October 14th. And if you want to do a big run like that, if you're interested in those sort of things, Eric just posted the link right up on it, right in our Discord. So it's a great way to go ahead and check out some of those things. He's talked about things that are happening with the pedal, paddle, and row from the Tacoma to Port Townsend, which happened during Ocean Fest last week. There's a lot of really cool stuff that he posts on there. So really, kudos again, commendations. You're the man, Eric, and really do appreciate you going out there and doing that stuff. And if you got something going on, hit us up, info at gridcitypodcast.com. If we can't make it out there, we can definitely send Eric, if he's available, obviously, and, you know, have some fun. Do something athletic or just talk about those things while he's out there doing it. That's the thing that's pretty awesome, so I love all of that. Now, to the best of episode. This is us, like I said, two years ago to the day, Scott and I talked with Luann about the Tacoma Marina, the different types of sea slugs, what got her interested in marine life, because she didn't. she's not originally from around here. So we got to actually talk about how she got to the Pacific Northwest and why this is so interesting about her and all the places that she's traveled with all of that. I don't want to give it all away. But at this point, if you haven't heard this before, this is one of those episodes where we're giving you a chance. If you haven't gone back and listened to like every one of our episodes, like our good friend Caesar, you could still just do that. But you can also just listen to this episode with Luann. So we're going to start off this episode with Luann. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, until next time, guys, well, until the interview happens, just continue to stay gritty. When I record at home, I pull it off anyway, like off one ear so I can hear how loud I am. Please don't talk about pulling anything off. Whoa. <laughs> whoa we're recording. Whoa. <laughs> so I assume you guys edit this before. No? no? Yes? No? Well, <laughs> it's just. Yes, we do. How hard do I need to try not to say something stupid? No. That's what I'm asking. No. You can say whatever. We say stupid okay. shit all the time. All right. That's probably. That's how we make our. Well, we don't really make money, so never mind. <laughs> uh, see? There we, we started already. <laughs> Proclaimed as the City of Destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the City of Grid. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grit City Podcast. I am Justin. I'm Scott. 
we also have no Robo Brogan because uh, I couldn't figure out the computer and Jeff's our tech guy. And we also don't have a Jeff, so that's kind of sad. Um, but it's sad. It I is. miss you, Jeff. Aw. And uh, I just turned on uh, the Discord channel, which no one, I think people can hear us. I don't even know, though. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Without Jeff's technical <laughs> prowess, we are kind of... We're um, just yeah, shooting blind here. We're lost. <laughs> 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 but we do have an awesome person with us today. We've got Luann Roberts. Luann, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. How are you guys? Doing really well. Like, seriously, thank you so much for coming down on a Saturday. We are spending a long Saturday recording here at the Union Club in Tacoma, which, um, after the last time... Great. Yeah, it was fun. They're still uh, letting us back in. Oh, yeah. I was a little worried about that. (laughs) You were really worried. You made me paranoid about it, man. Yeah. Well, it was funny because by the end of the day, well, by the end of (laughs) that last episode, I just remember looking over and your head, your hand, your head was in your hands. You were holding your... Your head in your hands and just kind of shaking your head, and I was like, "What? What did we do? <laughs> we did everything. We were, uh, we were, we, we." Uh, Luann, I don't know about you, but uh, coming back and partying after a year and a half of not, mm. um, people don't know how to act, and I'm talking about myself and everybody else that we had. Uh, we partied really hard. We had a lot of fun. I think, uh, I think Jeff, uh, it took him a couple, a couple three days afterwards to recover. Yeah, we did uh, probably a good. Um, a, a weekend's amount of partying in like what an hour hour and a half well i mean we spent the whole day doing stuff <laughs> yeah but it really kicked off when billy got here <laughs> oh man it absolutely was so seriously thank you so much for coming down luann um it is actually starting to turn out to be a beautiful day we can kind of see out onto the port of tacoma mm-hmm. from the union club here kind of really excited about that <laughs> Now, um, we have you on here because I think maybe it was my wife who yep. found your Instagram uh, uh, at Lou Animal. <laughs> and um, it was really kind of, I think, the pictures that you have taken of, of the marine biology in the area. There's Tacoma. I like it. Yeah. And um, you, uh, it was really, she was fascinated by, I guess, your fascination with sea slugs. <laughs> and so um, let's start off a little bit with um, uh, why are you taking pictures of sea slugs? <laughs> I, I think it, it, you really have to look at the photos to understand why sea slugs are so fascinating. When you hear the word slug, you think of something gross on the ground, but yeah. sea slugs are totally different. And there's so many different forms and shapes and they they stand out so much against the background of everything else uh, they're they're just so interesting to look at and i feel like nobody really knows they're around here so i'm i'm looking at something that other people aren't aware of and sharing it with other people and it, i get super excited about that i can tell because <laughs> just like even looking at and if you just go to instagram and check out at lou animal it's really easy to uh, to show and i think we've actually posted it in our discord um, and if not, I will eventually, so <laughs> we can make sure that everyone can check all of yeah. that out as well. It'll be in the show notes for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's like the, it, when you're taking these pictures, they're just these bright, colorful things, <laughs> like totally alien creatures, obviously. Yeah just down and under the water and it's just it, it's really fascinating just to look at them that's what i thought too was alien as soon as i, I because <laughs> like you said sea slugs and i'm like yeah whatever right and i went there and i was like what the hell are these things right um they look like i don't know like almost like little jellyfish sometimes right mm-hmm. they're just they're the, i don't know and you take beautiful pictures too i yeah. have to say <laughs> well, thank you that, that yeah um 
Absolutely. I think that probably <laughs> highlights. Well, I mean, I think that changes everything, right? Because if I went and did it, it would be just like an orange blob. And they'd be like, what's that? And I'd be like, oh, that's a sea slug. And they'd be like, yeah, it looks like a sea slug, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't. You, mm-hmm. They really look beautiful in your pictures. Do you um do you get in the water to do that? I, I usually never get into the water. Uh, what I do is I lay flat on floating docks and then I just reach wow. over the edge of them. You kind of look down the side like it's a flat plane and you can see all of the creatures on the side there. So the most of me that's getting into the water is usually my arms. So at that point, you're not even like disturbing the creatures or anything by getting into the water next to them. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm sure they're having a weird day with me there, but uh, I don't feel like I'm disrupting their life or anything like that. As opposed to when you go tide pooling to see the same types of creatures, you're really disturbing their environment. So I, I feel a lot better about the impact that I have on them when I'm looking over the dock. That makes a lot of sense in terms of just um, respecting the wildlife around you. And that really kind of uh, – it seems to be one of those things that uh, we need a reminder of every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, even recently – and you even, I think, threw it out there uh, talking about it. Uh, the person who was uh, out there grabbing the uh, octopus. Mm. Oh, and yeah. it was like, oh, yeah, this is like – what, was it a poisonous one yeah, as it was well? Like a, uh, it was in Australia and it was like a, a- – I want to say it was like a box squid or a box octopus or something. It was like super or a blue one. Mm-hmm. And they were picking it up and um, they had put it on like TikTok or something, got a bunch of views, right? But everybody's like, yeah, you, you're like an inch from death, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, know what you're doing. And, and you seem to know what, know what you're doing as well. Do you have a background in this or do you just love taking pictures of slugs? For the most part, I just love taking photos of them. Awesome. I did uh, a, a master's of arts in biology. I just wrapped up this last December. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And it didn't really give me a lot of background in the biology of slugs, but it was more about communicating science and helping people relate to their environment. So I don't have specifically the marine biology background, but I'm starting to gain that knowledge just through experience and observing. Awesome. So how'd you come across then uh, wanting to photograph uh, marine biology at this point? I really just started out with tide pooling. Uh, I moved to Seattle uh, probably about five or six years ago and had never really uh, experienced uh, the marine landscape like we have out here. And uh, just being able to see the kinds of organisms that you normally wouldn't be able to see. When the tide goes out, they're they're all right there. And they're in a state of distress because they're out of the water. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they might look a bit dried up or blobby. You can't really see their proper form. But for me, that was still fascinating because they they were creatures that I had never seen before. And then being able to see them over the edge of a dock, you see them more in their natural environment. They're, they're kind of going about their daily business and not just trying to survive the state <laughs> of being dried out during low tide. And uh, you do this all over um, the Puget Sound area and really kind of the Pacific Northwest because I've seen you go down as far as Oregon. Some mm-hmm. of your pictures were tagged for Oregon, so I'm oh, assuming wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I go to the Bay Area regularly as Ooh. well because there's a much bigger community of people who do the same kind of thing that I'm doing out here. Oh, wow. So I go down there and learn tips and tricks from them. And they have a, a completely different type of biodiversity down there. So I get to see all sorts of different cool things. That's How just- awesome is that? <laughs> yeah, right? I love that. I, I think that's neat, man. I, I don't know. I think that's one just kind of beautiful thing about the internet. I guess be in our age, right? Yeah. Men of our age. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, 
it's just the internet is so cool that you can you can just get on online and find people that that do what you like to do right yeah and when it's for uh when it's for positive stuff yeah. like uh, taking pictures of marine biology like that's really actually mm-hmm. super cool because it's bringing people together um in terms of just like the shared interest is 100 percent on that yeah man like as a kid growing up in the middle of nowhere, dude, like I would have never found Cecil, some other you person in that, the desert, man. right? You know what I mean? Yes. There was like you, I, I wouldn't even, yeah, I would have never known about that, right? But now you can get online and find, you know, a group of people um, that enjoy doing that. I think that's super dope. I like it. Now. Um, you have a website, naturelookings.com, where you've posted a bunch of blogs and a bunch of info stuff too, as well. Um, one of the things on there, and it was the biggest question that I had was, um, there's a section that you have is what is dock fouling? And so I'm very interested in that specific term because I'll be honest, uh, I'm not going to Google that without safe search on. <laughs> so, uh, what is, what is dock fouling? So technically, dock fouling just refers to the communities of organisms that grow underneath floating docks. Yeah. So okay. It, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's or any kind of man-made structure. It, it it doesn't refer to necessarily the activity of going to look underneath these. I've just kind of co-opted the term along with others who do oh, that. Nice. Right. So it, if you think about it in terms of you're going tide pooling, you're going dock fouling. Uh, you can use it okay, as a okay. verb. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's kind of a kind of a slang term in that point. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Because looking at that also, I mean, you have a whole list on your site of all of the different marinas that you've been to, mm-hmm. and one of my favorites is the Tacoma Narrows Marina. Mm-hmm. We're in Tacoma, and right. that's where the uh, Narrows uh, Narrows Brewery is at. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm just blanking on the name of the restaurant that I just recently went to. Is it there. Boathouse oh. 19? Oh. Yes, yep. Boathouse mm-hmm. 19. Yes, yep. thank you. Um, that area, especially down uh, around the Narrows Marina and like mm-hmm. Titlow, seems to be like a really, really good place to find that sort of wildlife. Oh, definitely. Uh, that spot is particularly special because they have the herring net pens there, which kind of go from the top of the dock to the bottom. So it gives a really great opportunity for the slugs to kind of work their way up that net and there's all sorts of different things that grow there where they they can eat so you get an amazing variety of different types of sea slugs and every time you go out there there's something new to see i went down there this morning and uh got to see uh (laughs) this morning (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no i I went before i I got to get hyped yeah like like, thank you so much Uh, for coming down you're like oh no i got this i'm gonna go do some (laughs) research as well well and people that don't know because they're listening to this later it's it's 10 o'clock in the morning yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. So she, yep. she went early this morning that's fantastic oh yeah I well it. i i don't want to get in people's way either so Aww. i try and go when there's not many people around but is, is there a better time like is morning um afternoon night what would is the best time to go I don't feel like there's no. a better time of day. They don't uh, care. I, I don't think so. Like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think they really respond to night and day cycles. But when the light's better, it's easier to see them. Right. That's the biggest difference. Uh, I just this thought the thought just popped in my brain because a lot of what you're doing kind of reminds me. I don't know if you watched it, but it was on Netflix. My octopus teacher. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, <laughs> see, and it's just so much is fun. It on Netflix now. Yeah, did they get a, a thing? Uh, maybe it was on Amazon Prime. Crap, I don't know. I know oh, it was a, Netflix. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a YouTube um channel 
I think the, named the same thing that they mm-hmm. put octopus in. I think maybe cages oh, and well, make them do things. It's oh, really no. cool. <laughs> oh, that, okay. That well, that was interesting. Oh, octopus never mind. in cages. This is more about a free roaming guy. He was. Uh, oh, ba- never mind. Basically, uh, he went back to his. He was a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Kind of had a bit of a breakdown because the industry is is just relentless. Mm-hmm. And so, so he made a film about it. Well, he didn't intend to go <laughs> on a film. He just basically decided right. he was going to go out and swim in the old places that he used to swim as a kid, which was like like uh, the Cape of down like think maybe Cape Horn in no that's in South America the one in South Africa anyway so he's swimming in all these big super atolls and stuff and he finds a octopus and he becomes best friends until the octopus dies Aww. Mm-hmm. yeah it's but it's super sweet but it's just it's very reminiscent of that just being able to go and check out all these different areas because mm-hmm. where he was at it was just these like they literally had kelp forests mm-hmm. and it's just like this whole other world and it seems like um I love the fact that you're able to find a community because it also seems like one of those things where you can just do solitary like is solitarily mm-hmm. is that a word yes. um, <laughs> thank you and uh and still just kind of super immerse yourself into just that world and being essentially on a foreign planet no i totally agree with that and um i i often find myself when i when i'm looking over the edge of the dock i get so absorbed into it i'm kind of become unaware of what's happening with my body and my arms will go numb from being in the water and i'll get scraped up from laying oh, down no. there oh, but I, i'm not thinking about any of that because you're totally sucked into whatever's going on down there uh what's what's really so, sort of been like um kind of one of those those places around here um that you were um surprised when you went as opposed to just like you know you never know what you're going to expect mm-hmm. but something that you were like oh this is super cool was there a place like that that you found uh, in this area One of my favorite spots is Bremerton Marina and um I don't know if it was so much a surprise. I feel like every doc's a bit of a surprise because you re- you really don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And that one is amazing because it's very sheltered and there's a lot of doc to examine. And because it's sheltered, the organisms there get to really grow and build up. So you get to see all sorts of cool things there. And whenever I go there, I'm I'm always surprised to see something new because I I probably visit every other week and each time i go there you see a lot of the same creatures that are stationary there the the anemones and such that don't really move but then you also see the more transitory creatures like the sea slugs and there's always something different to see uh, i remember one of the times i went there it was just filled with jellyfish and it was oh, wow. a jellyfish massacre because they oh, no. well they were all running into the anemones and the anemones would eat them so oh wow that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, it's like I don't even know what would consume what down there. It's just yeah. like I wouldn't know what what is what. I would just <laughs> like, don't touch anything. That also seems one of those sort of things where you don't really want to disturb anything at that point because you always hear about how jellyfish will sting you, mm-hmm. but I don't know which ones will or if all of them will. So if I see one, I just run for my life. There you go. Just don't touch them. <laughs> I got a bit of a sting this morning. Um, There were the egg drop jellies and I was trying to get a photo of it and they have very small stinging tentacles and it just... Just glance my hand, but usually it's not too harsh. You just got to keep an eye on them. Ah, okay, okay. So I was like, I don't want to be like, well, no what was way. your worst injury? Or what's the craziest thing that's happened? No way, I'm not getting stung by no jellyfish. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a bit of a break right now. Uh, going to refill our drinks. And we come back, we're going to BS a little bit more with Luann Roberts. You can find her Instagram at Lou Animal. And then you can also look at naturelookings.com to find all that stuff. We'll be back in just a second. 
You're supposed to say diecutstickers.com all the time. It's That'll like, be my job in this. I could ask you about your interesting coaster, and you could tell me. Oh, fuck, Jeff. I'm drunk. Just, like, oh, you want to make play? this hard? Let's yeah, 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 yeah. 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 All right. All right. Jeff, you started. Are we doing something now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. 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 Act like here. Make, make, make a noise. Bang, bang, that, bang that against the... Hey, Scott, be careful. You about spilt your beer all over my Grit City podcast sticker. Yeah, don't worry, man. They're they're durable. They're made by DieCutStickers.com. By who? DieCutStickers.com. How do you get them? Go to DieCutStickers.com and tell them the Grit City podcast sent you. Exactly. That's where you can get high-quality, durable stickers for any of your needs. Grit City 15 to get 15% off. <laughs> I couldn't come up with it. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, we need to put that in. But I couldn't. I couldn't. My brain didn't work fast enough. Can we do it again? This is too much fun, but I'm, I'm a little too tipsy to be doing this. <laughs> the water scares me. So. See, okay. I just got to get used to it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's actually, you know what? You do need to mm-hmm. get used to that sort of thing because, mm-hmm. um, Scott, the water is really cool. Is it, though? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like water that I can see the bottom of. And you, that is in a contained square. She's talking like about the, the bottom of the water here. Yeah, but there's animals in it. Well, otters. I take photos of all the animals. Did you ever get attacked by otters? Never. Heard they're very aggressive. Never, no. <laughs> we had to ask that. No. We had to ask that. So um, we have had, um, oh gosh, we should actually uh, have you and Suzanne on at the same time, or at least I hang thought out about together. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Suzanne Ackerman is one of our uh, favorite guests because she works at uh, Point Defined Zoo and Aquarium. Mm-hmm. And so um, she has corroborated Collaborated with us the terrible lives uh, that otters have. Mm. They're horrifying. So I'm glad that you're sticking to um, animals that won't do the horrible, terrifying things that sea otters do. Don't look into it because once you do, you can't look back. Yeah. Uh, sea slugs do terrible things. They're just too small to do that to oh, us. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really? It's kind of like cats. If they were uh, if they were big mm-hmm. enough, we would be absolutely dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are they like slugs in on land where they eat each other's parts off and stuff? Uh, they do that, but so um, all pretty much all sea slugs, or at least all nudibranchs, are predators. That's so weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it seems so strange because you'll make you look at them and, oh, they're, they're cute-ish. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of that, that weird sort of like 90s splotch art cute where you're like, oh, yeah, you're very <laughs> colorful and you just, I don't know what you are, but you're very avant-garde. But yeah, You're like, pretty at a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, yeah, I like you don't to want see to... that away from me. Please and I guess it makes sense close. because if something like that can, you know, you know, do you know, like sting you and stuff like that, it's mm-hmm. because they have a biological reason for that, A, defense, but B, also to be predators. Exactly. We, we had a um, one of the one an article I posted um, what a couple weeks ago. One of our last oh, ones. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the Scott topic. <laughs> oh my god. Was it a tongue louse? Have you ever seen those? Uh, no. Is it, oh. Wait. Is that the one that attaches to yes, your tongue? Yes, and then pretends it's a tongue. Yes, I have yes. seen those. Yeah, he posts. He posts. He's like, look at this creepy ass picture. And I guess like... that's why it, the ocean freaks me out. It's because I always find the creepiest shit to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least Luann's being able to make this uh, a beautiful um, way to look at the yes. marine life as opposed <laughs> to terrifying. Now, uh, you did mention that you came to the Pacific Northwest about five, six years ago. Uh, where did you Where did you come from? Uh, most recently, I came from Colorado. 
Oh, okay. Like the Denver area or anything like that? I, I was around Denver in the mountains nice. for a bit in Greeley. I was all over that area. Quite a uh, far away area from any sort of land that would have that, like the marine life, right? Exactly. It is completely dry out there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the last time I went there, it was uh, I was hanging out in a weed B&B. Mm-hmm. And uh, that quickly went under, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know why, but you know, maybe it's you need to make sure and uh, put it in an area that's not really close to a school. <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, the, Colorado's super open for um, a lot of the uh, the new fun activities when it comes down to that, but not so much in the marine life. So not really. <laughs> is that what kind of brought you out here? Like, what really got you interested in the marine life originally? Was it just because you went to a dock and saw it, or what happened? So I, when I first moved to Seattle, I lived downtown, pretty close to the Olympic Sculpture Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't really know much about the marine life here. I wasn't really aware, but I, I would go down to the Sculpture Park and sit in the grass and read my book. And I remember one time just seeing a sea lion or a seal go by, and I was oh, yeah. like, holy crap, I've never <laughs> seen one of those before. And I got so excited. And I, one of the times I was there, I was reading a book that talked about a marine biologist going into tide pools. And I thought, wait a minute, do I have tide pools here? I didn't even know what a tide pool was or that it needed to be low tide for me to see things. So I, I went out to Discovery Park and like went down to the beach and couldn't find any tide pools because it wasn't low tide. So I hiked all the way back to this the like nature center there and asked them about it. And they nice. kind of explained everything to me. Here they are. It has to be a low tide. And I kind of got the hang of it and would go down to the sculpture park and it's amazing at the sculpture park because it's downtown and you can see sea stars sea cucumbers i once saw an octopus down there and it's right in the center and you would never think you would see all of that stuff in the middle of a city so that when i first started seeing that i would go down every low tide i could because you never know what you were going to find that's so amazing i just love the fact that you literally just went to the information and it was like (laughs) oh you know what you can actually do that and i know that you could do that like at most of the parks they have something along those lines so you can actually do that so just the fact that you were able to utilize that because most of the time i i wouldn't i'll be honest i wouldn't really even think to do that you'd just be like well there's nothing here i don't know what's going on i guess i'll youtube it again but literally going out and talking to people uh has helped you really kind of foster this really amazing hobby at this point No, for sure. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to figure it out without asking people. And I'm so glad I didn't give up. I would encourage people if they don't see something cool the first time, go back again and again, because you will at some point. And did you just like find the community via like social media, like Facebook groups or something random like that? Or how did you end up getting in with uh, the groups of people? Well, for the longest time, I would just go tide pulling by myself and I would do that for years. And it wasn't really until I started posting photos of what I was taking under docks that I started becoming a part of that community because people would reach out to me and say, where are you seeing this? Are you diving? Because most of the photos are from divers. There, Nobody yeah, really knows yeah. you can just look over a dock and see them. <laughs> right. So it, it kind of happened where people were reaching out to me and I was reaching out to other people and people started asking me if I could take them out to to see these things. So I started making connections there and it, it was really amazing to me that 
posting things on social media could actually have a positive impact and right? not yeah. and not just uh, <laughs> people pulling you down or making fun of you, but actually building a community out of it. And I mean, that is, the, I think that's the coolest part about it as well, too, because the fact that they're like looking at what you're doing and you're just like, oh, these are cool pictures. Mm-hmm. But no, people are like, seriously, these are amazing. Like I was thinking, I was like, it would be so cool if you like were able, if you wanted to at some point, just put out like a picture book, even mm-hmm. if it was just your own, yep. like a coffee table book for your own house, just because of how amazing it is. Like the stuff that you have is fabulous uh, uh, on social media. And I just was like, my wife was immediately drawn to it. She's like, you need to have her on. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I absolutely agree with that. It was just so cool. I, I think some of the the obstacles I would have to overcome for that is I'm not sure how aware you are of the scale of some of these things, but they some of them are minute. So when you get the photo really big, you lose a lot of that oh, resolution on there. I didn't even realize. Yeah. In some of my photos, you can see uh, my fingernail and it's right by the creature and it gives you a sense of how tiny they are. Some are like the size of a pinhead, basically. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> that just blew my mind. I just yeah, imagine everything is just kind of like this size, you know, like hand size. Yeah, I'm like, going like baseball size. Like right? slug yeah. size, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 No, no, they range in size from being like as small as I said, like a pinhead. And then the biggest ones you get around here, the rainbow nudibranchs, they can be up to a foot long. And that just seems obscenely large. It's almost <laughs> uncomfortable seeing a sea slug that big. Do they have, um, besides, you know uh, what, what kind of defense measures do they have? Because Ooh. it's it seems like uh, you'd be quite aware of those at this point, being mm-hmm. doing this for a, quite a long while. So most of the nudibranchs have this amazing defense system where they they uh, harness the power of their prey. So they will eat anemones or creatures that are similar to jellyfish, which contain stinging cells, and they they are capable of storing those singing cells in their body and then they are able to shoot them out. <laughs> that, that, that is cool. I'm glad I asked that question. I am. Wow. That sounds crazy. That is right out of a science fiction movie. Yeah, right? right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like absorbing it and all this. Like, I'm going to shoot it back at you. Have you, you ever like, been stung? Okay. I've never been stung oh, by okay. one. No. Yeah. That'd be yeah. That'd be a hell of a thing because they would have to have loaded up beforehand mm-hmm. and ready then, for you. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird. It is. It is. Uh, it's super weird, but it's super amazing. I, I think wish I could do that. Absorb the powers of my enemies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how many enemies do you have? Oh, you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. Uh, one of the things I also noticed on your Instagram is, and then also seeing you in person, is mm-hmm. that you have a ton of ink work, and you're actually getting a uh, you're getting a marine themed going mm-hmm. on. Are you cool talking a little bit about that? Oh, of course. No, it's okay. Um, cool. No, uh, Brian at Moonlight Tattoo in Seattle is working on this giant piece that's from my knee pit to my armpit with all these different sea creatures on it. Um, I can't even remember all of what's there. (laughs) That's what I was going to go. It's like, what makes the list at that point in time? I let him do his thing. You know, I just said, here's what I got. Make it underwater. Do what you want. That's amazing. That's cool. It seems that you uh, you enjoy having the ink on the ink the ink on the ink on the ink on. 
<laughs> the ink. That's, yes. a, that's super awesome. Um, Scott. Oh yeah, I did. I, I there was a coaster question. Oh, because Ooh. it was me. And what we do is, uh, what we have is essentially we have our neat little stickers from um, die cut stickers. Mm-hmm. And the thought is, is we send them out to all of our friends mm-hmm. uh, and other people who listen. And if they are at a bar, um, what they can do is they can take either those because they got a nice back on them, or you take a back of a coaster. Hence coaster questions. Mm-hmm. Write down a question and then send it to us, and then we would take a picture of it. Should That's we tell the, how this came about? Uh, how did this come about? It was Brogan um, talking oh, flat yeah. Earth in the bar. That's right. We had uh, we had a uh, flat Earther Mark Sargent on here. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. He's very interesting. He's a very fun guest. Um, and he actually he had mentioned at the bar that he was at. Mm-hmm. I think it was the wonderful R Bar up yeah. in uh, Renton. Probably. He uh, that he was going to have this on, and one dude. Um, audibly scoffed mm-hmm. which um makes sense mm-hmm. um and so he was like all right well you guys you know he got into a little bit uh, of an argument he's like why are you gonna have a mom like, yeah, well, people get mad if they, even that you're even letting these people talk like you should like, yeah. talk right it, it, well, and at this point in time it's just like i'm interested because he's from this area and i want mm-hmm. to know how we got into it mm-hmm. right and so yeah you can listen back on that's fantastic listen for whatever reason you want so but what happened was is all these people were suddenly inundating brogan with all of these questions and he's like right. i don't know so he's Started writing them down on the back of coasters. Right. We had a whole bunch of them and throwing them out there, and hence coaster questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's usually from drunk people, and I was I was drinking last night. Yes, and so I had the question. And in your opinion, mm-hmm. whether it be science or otherwise, mm-hmm. do you feel that octopuses are aliens? Because mm-hmm. at this point in time, I've seen a couple of things. First off, they're super for- mm-hmm. they seem to be super foreign to even the foreign atmosphere of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen a couple of TV shows that really kind of just say that octopuses are aliens at this point. So I'm kind of starting to lean to that being my own conspiracy. I'm turning into a flat earther. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. This is my own conspiracy theory that I feel that they are aliens. So if they are aliens, what kind of ship would they need <laughs> that is filled with water to get to Earth? Well, they are a highly um, well. Uh, we see all those race. all those new UFO videos mm. that everybody's been showing, right? Ooh, Where all the yeah. UFOs can drop into the water. I say maybe those are just see, see, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe they're, they're just, just flying, flying around in like water bubbles in the uh, maybe space it's like an octopus bubbles. cannon just like shoots them through space. <laughs> I think that might work. Uh, I, I I tend to agree with that one. Okay. I think that's what they do. So then we'll they go have, with that. Yeah. So they yeah. just water balls and they just shoot, and that's how they mm-hmm. end up in the water. They are super there. weird. Man. They are. They're super strange. Weird. And that was just. I mean, and that doesn't even really. I mean, like, kind of scratch the surface at how how really weird. Um, and I guess weird maybe isn't the nicest term for it, but it's a strange mm-hmm. world down there. And I mean, we're talking about going out into space and so much of the ocean itself and even our sounds and lakes and rivers and all that. Mm-hmm. I haven't really been explored that much. No. Right. And uh, people know very little about sea slugs. One thing that I found when I'm trying to research the things that I've, I'm seeing when I'm trying to identify them is you'll look them up and you'll get a name uh, when it was discovered. And that's about it. There's not any real information. And I think it's because there's just so much. And uh, I think, honestly, not enough people care about it to go out and look and gather that information. How do we raise sea slug awareness? <laughs> I think we need to go back and talk with Luann. Because, yeah. Not Luann, but doing uh, with it right Suzanne. Now. Yeah, but no, you need to do that. We need to put yep. you guys together because she does drinking for polar bears and all of the other drinking for conservation. I feel mm-hmm. that this would feel right into that, uh, that whole... Uh, 
The whole paradigm with all of that, right? Yeah. Um, sauce for sea slugs. Sauce for sea slugs. I'm in. Yeah. We're I was going to say shitty, yeah. but that was too much. Yeah, you can't really. I mean, that's not going to really work good with you. Have you ever ran across anything that you really thought was just out of this world where you were like, I have no idea what this thing is? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a lot of the time... I'll find a sea slug that I've never seen before. And it kind of blows my mind that I'm even able to identify that it is a sea slug. Uh, one unusual one that I found, uh, or it was unusual to me, was at Port Orchard. It was a hedge pest sap sucker, which I love saying that, that name. That's a great name. Isn't that great? It's, it's like a Harry, it's a Harry Potter name, yes. 100%. <laughs> or an Old West insult. Oh, yeah. Sap one of those two things. Sap sucker. <laughs> but these sap suckers, they look like uh, somebody took a piece of lettuce and a wizard uh, waved his magic wand over it and imbued it with magic because they look like animated pieces of plant matter. And uh, I was able to read a bit about them, and they have a special ability of being able to photosynthesize. They take oh. the cells from the plant matter that they eat and when they don't have a food source they're able to sustain themselves through photosynthesis and i don't think there's other organisms that we know of that can do that so it's kind of like what we were talking about with absorbing the 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 needles and stuff like Mm -hmm. that they're literally absorbing the way to gain nutrients i think it's chloroplast is the exact thing they're absorbing but when you look at them they they are green and then they have these like glittery speckles almost oh they're glittery yeah that's those are the chloroplasts that they've stolen, and now they can use them to photosynthesize. That's, I mean, uh, you. I always hear about like uh, like crabs and stuff being scavengers, mm-hmm. but these guys um, are. They even seem like more predatory scavengers at that sort of point. Like they're not necessarily like waiting for something to die. They'll take it, but they'll really actually use every part. Mm-hmm. Kind of remind me of Jawas, to be perfectly honest. They're just using every little bit of everything. <laughs> See, I was going with superhero. Like, what is a superhero that steals someone else's power? Because that's what it seems oh, like to me. Oh yeah, that'd be like Rogue from the X Men. <laughs> oh yeah, where she touches people. Yeah, right? she touches people and she. Yeah. Steals all the powers. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. what they seem like. Yeah. Oh, they're the rogues of uh, the, the underworld. Um, through all your travels in the Pacific Northwest, has there been any place that you like beyond the Pacific Northwest that would be kind of your dream um, to be able to go to? Because I'm kind of thinking, like, for me, like, if I like for something like this, would be like the Great Barrier Reef would mm-hmm. kind of be like the biggest one at that point in time, just because of how crazy that wildlife and just wildlife in Australia in general. But do you have anywhere that would be really fun for you? I think it would be really cool to see some of the Antarctic sea slugs. They have sea slugs out there? Yes, they have deep sea sea slugs out there. But I, I don't, I don't know what the logistics would be like to look at those. I don't think you would be able to get out on any sort of dock. So it would require yeah. a whole expedition and like probably a research vessel. That'd be super cool. It would be really cool. <laughs> but I, you know, everybody thinks about these colorful creatures being in the tropics, and I, I like to go the opposite route with it. Let's go to the deep cold sea and see what's down there. Right. Like that that just completely boggles my mind because I wouldn't imagine them to be down there. Like are they are they I mean you said deep sea, so mm-hmm. I'd imagine that it's not Again, you said like no docks, but like this is like, you know, uh, James Cameron get his submarine sort of right. thing. That would be amazing. I mean, that's the dream, right? Like going the Cameron bubble all the way down to the depths of the ocean. That would be great. That'd be amazing. <laughs> 
Do you ever snorkel or scuba dive or any of that stuff? No, I've never scuba dived before. Uh, a couple of people have asked me if I snorkel, but I don't really see the advantage of snorkeling because you, you're only getting your head in there. I don't know how much closer I'd be seeing anything, really. Yeah. I had to learn that, like, it's not like that snorkel doesn't mean you just get to breathe. Right. Like, you got to hold your breath and then go down there and then you go up and literally you're just keeping your head in the water and looking mm-hmm. down, but you're not really getting that deep. Right. I unfortunately found out. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that story. But. You just snorkel. You just float on the top the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm just like, this is fun. And then you're like, no, you're supposed to hold your breath and go down. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's funny. I just see you just back all sunburnt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the reason why I don't go outside a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. When, uh, when we were in Hawaii, there's two times that I've gone. The first time, well, I, actually we've gone three times, but the two times I got massively sunburnt. The first time I fell asleep on the beach and I didn't reapply because <laughs> I went out into the water, swam in the water, got on the beach, and my wife was like, I'm going to go in the water. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just sleep on the beach. And I literally slept and I woke up and I had a purple oh. chest and for a year and a half. And yeah, so that was the one where I sat at the, uh, the, uh, we had the Korean barbecue afterwards and, uh, my knees were tightening. The skin was literally tightening as I was sitting there. I could feel it. Yeah. The other time I was like, I'm going to stay under this, uh, umbrella the whole time. And I did, but I am so pale that the sand reflecting off, uh, the sun reflecting off of the sand hit me. Not only did it hit me was I was sitting there and I switched sides because the sun was moving. So I had a streak on my chest where the umbrella pole had stopped the sun in one spot. So I had essentially like the Avengers A on uh, my chest. That makes me so happy. <laughs> and everything else was beet red. And again, uh, the failure of um, reapplying sunscreen. Yeah, it's funny how many people go from Washington to Hawaii. You're like, you know you're just going to Right, man. Yeah, and I think uh, going to the Antarctic as opposed to maybe something might tropical might help a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> That's crazy they have them down there, though, too. Like, mm-hmm. sea slugs just must be everywhere. They yeah. are everywhere. They're well, all over. Earlier, you were talking about um, a net somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, could you explain that? Um, at the Narrows Marina, they have um, herring pen nets where I, I'm not quite sure what they're doing with the herring, but the nets uh, go all the way from the top of the dock to the bottom of the ocean. Okay. So it gives like a, a good passageway for the sea slugs to get up and down them. And it, it's a really good medium, I suppose, for them to be in. And you can pull it up and examine them and they're they're all in the crevices there it's really fascinating i've i've probably seen six or seven different species just in one net oh wow crazy Mm -hmm. and they keep nets out there just to keep the herring the fish Mm -hmm. in for some reason huh yeah huh that's crazy well i know um the only thing i really know about like kind of the the dock side stuff is that my uncle would always go crabbing down at the uh, Mm stillicum docks uh, which is always See? weird to me just because they crabbed just like right off of the dock and mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure. We never really got anything Dude, great. we live totally live in a water town and mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it. <laughs> no, we don't know no, anything I about know. it. We're like – Dummies when it comes to yeah. it. Yeah. Like, like we hate we, otters. That's for sure. Well, I mean, again, <laughs> we're not going to get into it. You can just do a Google search, Crit City Podcast uh, otters. Yeah. And you'll, you'll get a couple oh. of things on that one. Oh, yeah. Other than that, though, I don't know anything about the water. 
Um, I'm trying to. It's a big octopus. We even have an octopus on our logo, and we're like the worst yeah, water people. Octop- oh, octop- come on. <laughs> Octopuses are really cool. We're learning. Uh, we're learning, and this is why we have uh, Luann on here with us because <laughs> she's going to help us. Uh, and that's just the cool part about it. I feel that it's like having, um, uh, just having the desire to go and check it all out. Mm-hmm. Everything is so abundant here, and you can go out and do things in the outdoors. Uh, how was like even like the last year doing that? It seemed like a lot of like the Washington State Parks were closed down for a little bit of all of uh, the, the BS mm-hmm. that was going on and still sort of going on. Um, um, oh, it's over now. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, July 30th uh, or June 30th, mm-hmm. we've uh, we've cured everything. Good. We've mm-hmm. won. It's about time. Um, or at least we can go to the bars. Um, but it was uh, like it seems that having an outdoor activity like that is kind of mm-hmm. helpful in those sort of terms. Oh, definitely. It's, it's It was the perfect pandemic hobby for me to have started doing. It's, it's something you can do on your own, but you're still kind of sharing it with a community. But mm-hmm. you're away from people. The, the docks are not busy at any point. So it, it's perfect for any time, I think. You're never going to be crowded around around people really on a floating dog fair enough <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you gone down to like the Rustin waterway or this kind of area down to see uh, any of that sort of thing they don't really necessarily have a whole lot of areas for docks or a lot of the old they have a lot of old docks that they still haven't torn down um so you can't really go out on them um but they do have uh, uh some beaches and such like that too I haven't really been around that that Rustin area, no. But maybe I should check it out. Right? Yeah, yeah. they have that whole area. The thing is, is now that um, like towards the, I guess the the north end of it is where they've done all of the renovations, mm-hmm. which is which is great for humans, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not so much for the marine or any sort of wildlife mm-hmm. whatsoever. I don't think that whole area is very good for wildlife. Or, no, right? <laughs> well, like, I mean, yeah, the Asarco, super- <laughs> right. uh, yeah, the uh, the Asarco smelting uh, tower and all of that yeah. stuff down in the. Yeah, don't try to grow anything around that area. Or in Tacoma, you need to really check your stuff. Um, but uh, like, just walking up and down it, you'll see some of the old docks that I literally remember from my youth. Or even they have these weird buildings that are like, like lawyers, like lawyer, not really like strip malls, but mm-hmm. they're just kind of the the multi use buildings. And they're just sitting Why out. Why do you say lawyers? Because there's a lawyer that has a that has one of these offices. Oh, you me up. But it's like it's like over I'm, the water. I'm like, a little lawyer sitting, mall. Okay. That's no, weird. No, 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 I want to no, stay no, away yeah. from that place. Yeah. The lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the one that I remember. But they were just like literally just office buildings that were like literally like built in the 70s or something that are sitting on the water, like on oh, top of the cool. water. It was always kind of strange to me. But then all of those old ass uh, docks, like they have the one that you can take the picture of because someone put a managed to. Uh, I don't think they put a bike through it. Maybe they cut a bike in half and put it on two sides. But anyway, it looks like there's a bike going through one of the old dock uh, dock poles. I see the bike in the tree. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, not in person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like on the internet? Yeah, like on the internet. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I've seen the uh, the tree octopus or whatever. Have you guys seen that? No. What's that? You guys don't know about the tree no. octopus? No, it sounds the like a Pacific, topic. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'll have to look it up real quick. The Pacific Northwest tree octopus. No. You should look it up real quick. Okay, yeah. I'll look it up here. See, now I'm interested because we've been talking about sea life, but that's a tree I just, I kind of don't even want to talk about it any more than that. I just kind of want to leave it out there. I mean, we could do that too. 
the Pacific Northwest Tree Octopus is an internet hoax created uh-huh. in 1998 yep. by humor yep. writer, you son of an ass. <laughs> yeah. And you made me Google that, you jerk. Well, I mean, you can't tell you it's a hoax because that's no fun. No. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Luann, seriously, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And uh, like, uh, we're going to have to get you back on when you uh, go on more adventures. Of course. I want to hear all about your fun adventures. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can check it out if you go to uh, Instagram and just look Animal up. Uh, pretty easy. Just L-U Animal. <laughs> and uh, Nature Looking dot com for your blogs and more on all of that um i love i love your pictures i love the fact you're able to spend some time with us mm-hmm. seriously thank you so much yeah, of course what you're doing is really really cool thank you uh, <laughs> and everyone thank you for listening uh you can check us out at gritcitypodcast.com and you can go to our patreon patreon.com slash gritcitypodcast that would be cool it would be really cool because for as little as one dollar you can get access to uh the backlog of all the times when uh, Scott and Brogan got drunk and talked to people. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. And I think we have more new ones than we do old ones now, finally. I would hope so. Yeah. We've been doing this for a little bit, right? I know, yeah. But we did it for a long time, too. A couple, two, three years. A couple, two, three years. Yeah. I think that's where we're at now. So Yeah, about four now. Oh, look at us. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a long time to do stuff. Oh, um, but yeah, you can uh, also t-shirt designs from Jeff. Jeff is amazing. He makes t-shirt designs only for the Patreons. Um, and also, uh, yeah. That's it. Social media, all that stuff too. I don't yeah, know. Discord, Discord, where you can listen to us uh, when we tell everyone to listen to us because we forgot to, so no one was listening to us today. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening again. GridCityPodcast.com for all the fun links and all of that, and stay gritty. You've been listening to the Grid City Podcast. Check them out at GridCityPodcast.com. Yeah.